All right, thank you so much, Martin. Gracias por tu liderazgo, Martin. Hey, you know what? I'm feeling really strange right now because this is usually the time that I ask all of the boys and girls to get up and to go out for our children and worship time. And I'm staring at an empty room here and I'm seeing uh, no boys and girls. Are you out there, boys and girls? Can you see me? Can you, can you hear me? Niños me pueden escuchar. I've already, you're already sent out. I don't know what to do except to say, hi, I love you guys. I miss you guys. And we're praying for you and your families. And I hope you're getting some time to share God's Bible stories with one another, with your parents, with, with the people in your home, and thinking about how Jesus is with you like we just sang. So uh, bless you children. Quiero bendecir a los niños. All of us now have an opportunity to hear from God's word. This is unprecedented. This is something we've never experienced before. This entire week in our nation has been uh, so unique. Esta semana ha sido tan única en nuestro país. But here's the thing. God's word never changes. La palabra de Dios nunca cambia. And that's what gives me incredible comfort as today we're going to continue. We're, we've been in this series on the Gospel of Luke. Estamos en esta serie sobre el Evangelio de Lucas. And so I want to invite you to get a Bible, whether it's on your phone, whether it's in your house, and open up with me to our text. Quiero que abran la Biblia a nuestro texto de hoy. It's Luke chapter 19, verses 41 through 48. Lucas 19, 41 al 48. So I'm going to give you a minute to get there. And I want to remind you what we're doing. What we're doing is we are immersing ourselves in the life of Jesus through the gospel writer Luke. Estamos mirando la vida de Jesús en el Evangelio de Lucas. So today, really what we're hoping to do is to immerse ourselves in chapters 19 and 20. Vamos a mirar capítulos 19 y 20. And so I want to invite you to listen. I'm going to read first in Spanish. And then I'll be reading in English. Voy a leer primero en español, después en inglés. This is the good news of our Lord. This is God's holy word. El Evangelio del Señor y la Palabra de Dios. Y dice lo siguiente. Cuando se acercaba a Jerusalén, Jesús vio la ciudad y lloró por ella. Dijo, ¿Cómo quisiera que hoy supieras lo que te puede traer paz? Pero eso ahora está oculto a tus ojos. Te sobrevendrán días en que tus enemigos levantarán un muro y te rodearán y te encerrarán por todos lados. Te derribarán a ti y a tus hijos dentro de tus murallas. No dejarán ni una piedra sobre otra porque no reconociste el tiempo en que Dios vino a salvarte. Luego entró en el templo y comenzó a echar de allí a los que estaban vendiendo. Escrito está, les dijo, mi casa será casa de oración pero ustedes la han convertido en cueva de ladrones. Luego entró en el templo y comenzó a echar de allí a los que estaban vendiendo. Digo, todos los días estaba en el templo y los jefes de los sacerdotes, los maestros de la ley y los dirigentes del pueblo procuraban matarlo. Sin embargo, no encontraban la manera de hacerlo porque todo el pueblo lo escuchaba con gran interés. As he, that is Jesus, approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it and said, If you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. The days will come 
upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground, you and the children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. Then he entered the temple area and began driving out those who were selling. It is written, he said to them, my house will be a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of robbers. Every day he was teaching at the temple, but the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the leaders among the people were trying to kill him. Yet they could not find any way to do it because all the people hung on his words. So many times it comes on March 21. Muchas veces llega el 21 de marzo. And other years it will come on March 20 or it will come on March 22. Otros años viene el 22 o 20 de marzo. But I don't know if you notice this. This is something unique. I haven't seen this very often. This year, it came on March 19. Este año llegó el 19 de marzo. What am I talking about? Well, you probably know. I'm talking about the first day of spring. Se trata del de primer día de la primavera que llegó el 19 de marzo. This past Thursday was the first day of spring. And of course, when we think about spring, our thoughts really turn to positive things. Tenemos pensamientos positivos en cuanto a la primavera. We're thinking about, you know, flowers uh, blooming and new life uh, coming up and, and warmer days hopefully coming. We've gotten rain. That's all associated with spring. Pensamos en días más calurosos y flores y tal. Uh, but uh, there is one unpleasant thing that is associated with spring. Hay una cosa asociada con la primavera que no es eh, eh, muy uh, emocionante. And that is this annual tradition, this annual ritual known as spring cleaning. Okay? La limpieza general de primavera. Now, in the spirit of keeping it real, I have to confess to you something. Tengo que confesarles algo. It's been six years since we've done spring cleaning at the Cider's house. Hace seis años desde que hicimos la limpieza general en Casa de los Ciders. That's right, six years. You see, six years ago we moved uh, into our current house. Hace seis años nos mudamos a nuestra casa. And of course, when you move, that's a great opportunity for spring cleaning. So we, we got rid of all kinds of stuff. We gave some things away. We, we sold some other things. We threw some stuff, you know, and we just really pared down. Hace seis años pudimos uh, pues, uh, entregar y regalar algunas cosas y echar otras en la basura. But now that's six years ago. And as I walk around the house, I'm seeing piles start to come up in the garage, in closets. Uh, it's starting to spread out into different rooms of the house. Hay montones de cosas en la casa, and we really need some spring cleaning. And yet, here's the problem. Where do you start? Donde comenzar? That's the thing. I mean, uh, yeah, it's, it's a thing that has to be done. Maybe with all of that, you know, the the, the shelter in place that we're doing right now, maybe I'll get a chance to do some spring cleaning. A lo mejor voy a tener la oportunidad de hacer esto muy pronto. Now, if six years of cleaning seems big, imagine what it would be like to have 2,000 years of junk. ¿Cómo sería tener dos mil años de basura? 2,000 years, that's the pile of garbage that, in a sense, had accumulated for the people of Israel. Ese montón que se había acumulado para el pueblo de Israel. 
2,000 years of resisting God. 2,000 years of religious tradition. 2,000 years of distraction and idolatry. 2,000 years of sinful pride. And all of this had accumulated at the time that Jesus came. Se había acumulado dos mil años de resistencia a Dios, religión y tradición y también pecado. And in Luke chapter 19 and Luke chapter 20, what we find is that Jesus is on a mission. Jesus in Luke 19 and 20 is on a mission, and it's a kind of mission to clean house. It's a mission to perform a kind of spring cleaning. Jesús tiene una misión de una limpieza general para el pueblo de Israel. And we find him in chapter 19 at the very beginning coming into the city of Jericho. Está entrando en Jericho. Now Jericho is 17 miles from Jerusalem, not far. He's been on his way since chapter 9 to Jerusalem. Está 17 millas Jericho desde Jerusalén. But the thing is, is Jericho is also 3,000 uh, feet down the hill. It's way down below. Anyway, at the end of chapter 18, we find Jesus uh, encountering a poor blind man. Al fin de 18 se encuentra con un hombre pobre y ciego. And he heals him. Lo sana. But then as he comes into the city, Bible scholars note, he meets up with a rich blind man. Después se encuentra con un hombre rico y ciego. Now this man isn't blind physically, he's blind spiritually. Está ciego no físicamente, sino espiritualmente. His name is Zacchaeus. Se trata de saqueo. Now the poor blind man, he wanted Jesus to see him. He was crying out to Jesus, asking for Jesus to pay attention to him. El hombre eh, ciego pobre quería que Jesús lo viera. But, but Zacchaeus, the rich blind man, is different. He wants to avoid contact with Jesus, and yet he wants to see him. So he climbs up a tree to get a better view. Se sube un árbol para evitar a Jesús y para verlo también. But Jesus does see Zacchaeus. And in chapter 19, verse 5, it says, Jesus, when he reached the spot, looked up that tree and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. Llegando al lugar, Jesús miró hacia arriba y dijo, Saqueo, baja enseguida, tengo que quedarme hoy en tu casa. And so Jesus comes to Zacchaeus' house. And why does he come? He comes to do some spring cleaning. He comes to do some house cleaning. Viene para hacer una limpieza general. And as a result of that encounter with Jesus, Zacchaeus is changed and Zacchaeus cleans house. Zacchaeus empties out the coffers and he gives away half of his stuff to the poor and he promises to pay back four times what he's stolen. Zacchaeus vacía sus cofres y promete dar a los pobres y recomenzar cuatro veces. And what does Jesus say about that encounter in chapter 19, verse 9? This is what he says. He says, Today salvation, healing, cleaning has come to this house. Hoy ha llegado la salvación, la limpieza a esta casa. Because that's what I've come to do. I've come to clean house. The Son of Man has come to seek and to save the ones that were lost. El Hijo del Hombre vino a buscar y salvar a los que se, se habían perdido. And then we switch and we go to chapter 19, 28. And in chapter 19, 28, Jesus has made the climb. He's entering into Jerusalem. He's gone up that 3,000 feet. En capítulo 19, 28, está entrando Jesús a Jerusalén. 
And as he enters in, it's clear that he is being received as a king. Lo reciben como un rey. The people come out to meet him. They spread their cloaks on the road. Tienen sus mantos en el camino. He's on a colt. And they shout out, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Bendito rey que viene en nombre del Señor, dicen. They are seeing Jesus as a king. He's on a, a colt of a donkey. Está sobre un burrito. It's a symbol of peace. El símbolo de la paz. Now, the people think that Jesus has come to bring peace by cleaning house in a very specific way. They think he's coming to throw out the wicked Roman Empire and to clean the house of Israel in that way. Piensa que Jesús va a limpiar la casa echando fuera a los romanos. But Jesus has not come to clean house by kicking out the Romans. He's come to clean house by getting Israel to to come before God and to be reconciled, to give up their sins. Jesús viene a limpiar la casa para que Israel entregue sus pecados y deje sus pecados y se entreguen a Dios. But the people don't recognize, it says, what will make for peace. No reconocen lo que les va a traer la paz. And because of that, Jesus weeps over Jerusalem. Jesús llora por Jerusalén. In chapter 19, verse 43, he says, the days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. Se te sobrevendrán días en que tus enemigos levantarán un muro, te rodearán y te encerrarán por todos los lados. They will dash you to the ground, you and your children. They will not leave one stone on another. No dejarán ni una pedra sobre otra. Why? Because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. No Reconociste el tiempo que Dios vino a salvarte. What is Jesus talking about? Because the people of Israel don't know what makes for peace, because they're not ready to clean their own house and become right with God, como que no quieren hacer paz con Dios, Jesus is foreseeing a time some 35 or 40 years later in the year 70 AD. Jesús predice lo que va a pasar en el año 70. That's when the Romans will come in to clean house. The Romans are going to invade Jerusalem at that time and they are going to ransack it and they're even going to destroy the house of God, the temple, and not leave one stone on another. Los romanos van a invadir Jerusalén y hasta destruir el templo. And Jesus is broken over that. Está quebrantado Jesús. But right now he has some other house cleaning, some other housekeeping duties to attend to. Tiene otras cosas para limpiar. In chapter 19, verse 45, it says he entered the temple area and he began driving out those who were selling. Entró en el templo, echó uh, fuera a los que estaban vendiendo. And he says, it is written, my house will be a house of prayer, but you have made it into a den of robbers. Mi casa será casa de oración, pero la han convertido en cueva de ladrones. This temple, this temple that was going to be destroyed, it is supposed to be a place of light. It's supposed to be a place of connecting with God. It's supposed to be a place of prayer. Es un lugar de luz donde deben conectarse con Dios. But what's happening? It's become a cave of thieves. Se ha convertido en cueva de ladrones. And Jesus, again, is going to come. And what's he going to do? He's going to clean house. Él va a limpiar la casa. And this is just the beginning of the house cleaning. 
Because in chapter 19, verse 47, it says that every day he was teaching at the temple and the chief priests and teachers of the law are there. What's Jesus doing? Todos los días está enseñando en el templo. ¿Qué está haciendo? Well, he's, he's correcting the years of twisted teaching, of unclear teaching that's been given. Está corrigiendo la enseñanza no muy clara de los líderes. And they don't like it. They don't want that. No quieren eso. They want to kill Jesus. Quieren matar a Jesús. But they can't. No pueden. Why? Because the people are hanging on his every word. El pueblo está escuchando con gran interés sus palabras. So what's happening here? What is this all about? Well, Bible scholars will, will tell us that what they believe is happening here is a fulfillment of a prophecy that was made centuries ago by the prophet Malachi. Está cumpliendo con la profecía de Malachías 3. It's in Malachi chapter 3. And I want to look that up for you. In Malachi chapter 3, at the end of the Old Testament, this is what it says, Malachías 3. It says, Then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. Dice, de pronto vendrá su templo el Señor a quien ustedes buscan. The messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come, says the Lord Almighty. But who can endure the day of his coming? ¿Quién podrá soportar el día de su venida? For he will be like a refiner's fire or a launderer's soap. Él será como fuego de fundidor o lejía de lavandero. And it says that he is going to purify the Levites. That's the religious leadership. Purificará los levitas, los líderes religiosos. And then it says... When this messenger comes, the Lord will have people who will bring offerings in righteousness. Entonces traerán al Señor ofrendas conforme a la justicia. Who is Jesus? ¿Quién es Jesús? He is the Lord who has suddenly come to the temple. Es el Señor que ha llegado al templo. God is in the house. Dios está en la casa. And He's in the house to wash. He's in the house to purify. He's in the house to refine. He's in the house to do spring cleaning. He's in the house to do house cleaning. Está en la casa para purificar, lavar, refinar, una limpieza general. That's why he is there. Now, the leaders, again, they don't like this, and so they say, who gave you the authority to do what you just did? ¿Quién te dio esta autoridad? Jesus responds to them with a question. Jesús les da una pregunta. You tell me, the baptism of John the Baptist, where did it come from? Did it come from God, or did it come from human origin? ¿Es el bautismo de Juan el bautista de Dios o de origen humano? Now... The leaders are on the horns of a dilemma. Ya tienen un dilemma. They're too ashamed to say this was of God because they never believed that. Están avergonzados para decir que es de Dios. But they're too afraid to admit to the people that they don't believe it's from God, that it's from human origin. Están avergonzados, tienen miedo de admitir que no es de Dios. The people will be upset with them. They'll lose street cred with the people. Van a perder la autoridad con el pueblo. And so they punt. And they say, we don't know. No sabemos. And it proves Jesus' point. Va al punto de Jesús. They don't have authority to question his authority. No tienen autoridad para cuestionar su autoridad. 
But that's not going to stop them from trying. Oh, no. In chapter 20 or, or so, we see that they continue in their efforts. Uh, they uh, send out spies to Jesus. Uh, pues, uh, envían espías a Jesús. And they're going to try to trap Jesus. Quieren tenderle una trampa. And they start off with this kind of question. They say, is it right? Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar? ¿Es lícito pagar los impuestos a César? Now it seems the shoe's on the other foot, and it's Jesus who has a dilemma. Ya Jesús tiene un dilema. If Jesus says, uh, yes, pay taxes to, to the Romans, to Caesar, then he's not being a good Jew. Si dice paguen impuestos a César Jesús, no es buen judío. Not much has changed in 2,000 years, has it? None of us want to pay taxes. They didn't want to pay taxes back then. But we got an extension, so we're in good shape. Uh, but uh, you see, ellos no querían pagar sus impuestos. But if Jesus says this, if he says, no, don't pay taxes to Caesar, then he's in trouble with the Romans and they're going to arrest him. Si dice, no paguen impuestos, lo van a arrestar. So what does Jesus do? In chapter 20, verse 25, he simply says, show me a coin. Show me what this looks like. And he says, uh, actually before he says, what is the image or the inscription on this coin? ¿Cuál es la imagen, la inscripción en esta moneda? Well, the coin has an image of Caesar on it and the words, get this, the words, son of God. La moneda dice que tiene la imagen de César y las palabras Hijo de Dios. That's what the coin has in it. Now Jesus exposes the hypocrisy of these leaders. Jesús expone su hipocresía. Basically, Bible scholars tell us that, that these leaders would not use that dirty Roman coin in the temple, in God's house. They wouldn't use it to give temple offerings or to pay temple taxes. No usaban esta moneda sucia en el templo para las ofrendas. But, but, they were more than willing to use that dirty coin of Caesar out in the market to buy their daily bread. Usaban esa moneda en la casa de César en el mercado para comprar su pan diario. They were more than willing to do that. And so Jesus, in effect, in chapter 20, verse 25, points out that they're already doing what he's going to tell them to do. He says, here's the deal. Give to Caesar what is Caesar's and give to God what is God's. Denle al César lo que es de César y a Dios lo que es de Dios. Give Caesar that coin with his image and his false title of son of God. Just give it back to him. Denle su moneda con su imagen y falsa inscripción. But you're made in the image of God. You need to give that to him. Están hechas a imagen de Dios ustedes. Tienen que dar su vida a Dios. Now there's a Bible scholar by the name of Tom Wright who, who notes something. There's a big irony in this story. Hay una gran ironía en esta, en esta historia. Here's the irony. In just a few days, in just a few days, these leaders who give to Caesar his coin with its false inscription, son of God, and its image of Caesar, esos que dan a César su imagen y su inscripción falsa de Hijo de Dios, in just a few days, they're going to give to Caesar the real son of God and the real image of God in Jesus. Van a dar a César la verdadera imagen de Dios en Jesús y el verdadero Hijo de Dios. And that's really the point of the parable in chapter 20, verse 
uh, 9 of the talents. I believe it's chapter 20, verse 9. Or the tenants. It's the parable of the tenants. Ese punto de la parábola de los labradores malvados. This parable, we need to understand the symbolism of it. The vineyard is really a symbol for Israel. El viñedo es Israel. And the tenants, the wicked tenants, are the religious leadership. Los labradores son los religiosos. And the messengers who've been sent by the owner of the vineyard over and again, the ones who have been abused and beaten up by the tenants, those are the prophets. Those are God's messengers. Los mensajeros son los profetas. And what's going to happen in the end, Jesus says through the parable in a very pointed way, is that these wicked tenants are going to end up killing the son of the owner. They're going to end up killing Jesus himself. Van a matar al hijo del, del dueño al hijo de Dios. But they're not going to succeed because Jesus says, here's the deal. Aquí la cosa, in chapter 20, verse 17, Jesus quotes a psalm. Jesús cita un salmo en 17. He says, here's what's going on. The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. La piedra que desecharon los constructores se ha convertido en la piedra angular. You are the builders, or at least you think you are, He's saying to the leaders, you're trying to build your own house and you're going to try to kick me out of your house. Ustedes van a intentar expulsarme de su casa, but here's the thing. I am the cornerstone of the new house that God is building. Yo soy la piedra angular de la nueva casa que Dios está construyendo. You may depend on this temple and its stones. You may depend upon the taxes and the money that you collect and, and sell in your courts. You may think that this house is what you're building. Pueden pensar que esta casa es lo que están construyendo, but God is building a different kind of house. And I'm coming to start that. And so here is the point that we see in Luke 19 and 20. We see that Jesus has come to clean house. Jesús viene a limpiar la casa. He's going to do that in some positive ways. He's coming to clean house by looking for poor and blind people, rich blind people, and he's going to touch them, and he's going to heal them, and he's going to forgive them, and he's going to restore them. Él viene a restaurar a los pobres y los ricos ciegos, restaurando y perdonándolos, but he's also going to clean house in another way. He's going to expose greed. He's going to illuminate and dispel ignorance by exponer la avaricia y iluminar la ignorancia. He's going to assert his authority para mostrar su autoridad and he is going to demonstrate who he really is. He is the cornerstone of the house that God is building. Él es la piedra angular de la casa de Dios. And the question then becomes this. Will you receive him or will you reject this stone? ¿Vas a recibir o rechazar esta piedra? Will you be like the servant in the parable of the minas? ¿Vas a ser como el siervo en la parábola de las minas? He, he took that three months worth of wages and he hid it in a cloth and did nothing with it. Escondió la mina en, en un trapo. Or are you going to be ones who take the king and allow him to work in your life and allow his kingdom to, to be expressed through you? ¿O vas a recibir al rey y su tesoro para que, para que funcione en su vida that's the question because you see where jesus is present we need to understand god is in the house and he's come to clean our lives and jesus dios está en la casa y ha venido a limpiarnos in fact you could say jesus is 
the house. He's the new temple that God is building. Él es el nuevo templo que Dios está construyendo. And we need to understand that God's house is bigger than our house. La casa de Dios es más grande que la nuestra. In the resurrection, Jesus says, the question is not which of seven brothers will get to marry the widow and set up his house. La pregunta no es cuál de los siete hermanos tendrá la viuda en la resurrección en su casa. That's not the question. In God's eternal house, there's no need for us to set up our own house by getting married and having a family and doing all the things that we, we do on, in this life. No hay campo en la casa de Dios para establecer nuestra casa al casarnos. No, we need to understand who we are. We need to understand who the Messiah is. At the end of chapter 20, Jesus says, you need to see the Messiah is not just a son in David's house. David, that dead king from long ago. El Mesías no es simplemente hijo de David en la casa de David, el rey. No. David himself calls him Lord. David quotes in a psalm, the Lord is my Lord. The Lord said to my Lord. He calls the Messiah Lord. David llama al Mesías Señor. And so what that means is the Messiah is not just a son of David. He's the son of God. And he's the son of God's house. El Mesías es el Hijo de Dios y de la casa de Dios. And Jesus is that son. Jesús es ese hijo. And he's come. And he's saying, it's time for spring cleaning. And that brings us, I think, to where we are right here today. Es donde estamos aquí hoy. As I said before, this has been a week unlike any other for us. Ha sido una semana única. And we're still trying to get our hearts and heads around what in the world is going on. I don't know. But here's what I can say based on Luke 19 and 20. Yo no sé qué pasa, pero puedo ver algo aquí. Jesus wants to clean house. He, he wants to do spring cleaning. Jesús quiere limpiar la casa. I'm looking at this building right now and it's empty. I mean, the place is cleaned out of people, that's for sure. There's three of us here today. Hay tres personas aquí. But what is, what is God doing with that? I believe this is an opportunity for us to, to understand that the house of God is not where I'm standing right now. The house of God is not this building on the corner of J and Inu. La casa de Dios no es este edificio en la esquina de la J y la Inu. No, the house of God is the people of God. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Somos el templo del Espíritu Santo. And when the Bible says you're the temple of the Holy Spirit, it's plural. You all are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You guys together. Ustedes juntos son el templo del Espíritu Santo. So here's the question. Where do we need house cleaning? Where do we need to do some spring cleaning? ¿Dónde tenemos que hacer una limpieza de primavera? Una limpieza general. It might be in your own life there is an issue. Whether it's a sin or a, something you've been neglecting with God 
It could be in a relationship with your marriage, your children. Puede ser una relación, un pecado que uno lleva. It, it can be something else where you, you have an opportunity. Everything has changed right now. There is an opportunity for us to say, Jesus, come, help me do some spring cleaning. Ayúdame, Jesús, a hacer una limpieza general. So here's what I'm thinking. Eso es lo que pienso. Um, there are 45 days between now and May 7, which is going to be the National Day of Prayer. Hay 45 días entre ahora y el 7 de mayo, el Día Nacional de la Oración. I would like to invite you with me into a time of the next 45 days of concerted prayer, focused prayer every day. Quiero que podamos orar cada día durante los próximos 45 días. And really to say, Jesus, let these 45 days be a day of house cleaning, of spring cleaning for my life and for our church and for our world. And so what I'm going to promise to do is I would like to start tomorrow to send anyone that wants it an email with just a small verse from the Bible and a prayer focus for the next 45 days to give you a different email. Quiero que tengan un email cada, cada este, día durante los próximos 45 días. And if you're not subscribed to our email list, it's very easy to do. I'm just going to have Greg put that up right now. It's office at sunrisecommunity.org. And if you're not currently on our email list, just write in to that address. Say, I'd like to get the prayer, uh, daily prayer bulletin, and we would be glad to add you to that list. And if you want our news during the week, We'll add you to that as well. Pueden escribirnos a la dirección que se indica la batalla para que podamos añadir su dirección a nuestra lista y enviarles esto. And so, during the next 45 days, I want to invite you to pray with me. The next 45 days could be very crucial, I'm told, in terms of the whole coronavirus situation and what's going on in our country. In the next 45 days, we will know more about the extent of this. There's so much we don't know. Hay tanto que no sabemos, pero en 45 días vamos a saber más. And so, this is the invitation that you and I, we would come. And let's not be like the people of Israel. Let's recognize the time of God's coming to us. Reconozcamos el tiempo que Dios visita salvarnos. And let's come to Jesus and let him do house cleaning. He is the son. He is the king. He is the Messiah. He is the cornerstone of the house of God. Él es el hijo Mesías, el heredero y la piedra angular de la casa de Dios. Would you join me right now in praying? Let's pray together. Vamos a orar. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this time that we have and for the opportunity to be together through this medium of technology. Gracias por este tiempo. God, we're just praying for the next 45 days. Help us to be attentive to pray, to set aside sometimes perhaps, but also wherever we might be. If we're making that weekly food run or we're, we're going to our essential work or we're driving, help us to pray into the need of our world. Our world doesn't know what, what makes for peace and you are the one who is the Prince of Peace. Help us. Teach us to pray. Enseñanos a orar. Lord Jesus, if there's some bit of house cleaning that someone needs to do today, I pray that they can come to you and that they would know that, that as a church, we are here for them as well. 
Si alguien necesita una limpieza general espiritual, que vengan a ti, Señor, pero también que sepan que la iglesia está de parte de ellos para ayudarles. So, Lord, hear our prayers. And I'm going to invite those out there to join me. What we'd like to do right now, I'm going to invite Martín to come up, and we're going to pray the Lord's Prayer together. And so I want to invite you to stand if you can. Pueden ponerse de pie. Vamos a orar el Padre Nuestro. I'm going to read and pray with you the Lord's Prayer in English. And then Martín is going to lead the Lord's Prayer in Spanish and then lead us in a song. So I hope you can see the prayer there. And I want to invite you to pray with me. Vamos a orar juntos. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Vamos a ponernos de pie. Padre nuestro que estás en el cielo, santificado sea tu nombre. Venga a nosotros tu reino, hágase tu voluntad en la tierra como en el cielo. Danos hoy nuestro pan de cada día, perdona nuestras ofensas como también nosotros perdonamos a los que nos ofenden. Y no nos dejes caer en la tentación y líbranos del mal. Porque tuyo es el reino, poder y la gloria. Amén.